Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello everyone out there in big wide world from Helena Margareta with Sedona Talk Radio. I'm so happy that you have tuned in to me today. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some spontaneous conversation here, my guest and I. And my guest is Daniel Steve. You know Daniel, of course. He's the founder of Sedona Talk Radio. And I love to speak with Daniel. I don't know why. It just feels so good to do so. And today <laughs> is the <laughs> He's there. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And you are in What a nice thing to say. That's a nice thing to say. (laughs) Thank you, but I really mean that. And, you know, the last few weeks here, or or maybe a couple of months, I have been going through, I wouldn't say a challenge, but but I've gone through a spiritual involvement or or, or change. Or it's like I'm moving up to a higher level spiritually. I start to see more, think more, uh, I mean spiritually. And, uh, well, I thought I was doing pretty well before, but now something has changed. And even people tell me now that, well, something about you has changed. And these are not my spiritual friends. These are my mainstream friends who say so. But anyway, for those who haven't listened to me before, uh, Helena Margareta is actually uh, the name I'm calling myself now. I'm dropping the last name. And some people say, oh, why? It's such a nice name. And I tell you why I'm doing that. I'm just following a higher direction. Uh, I woke up one morning, and immediately it was like the room was full of light. Well, it was kind of sunny outside anyway, and the morning sun comes in in my bedroom. But this wasn't the sun. This was just an immense light around me. And I heard that wonderful voice saying, you are Helena Margareta. This is your true name. This is your baptized name. And it's true, those are my baptized names. It's in my passport, or my, in all my papers. And then I was also told, you know, the names you have been carrying around for so long are names from men. This, this is not you. You have to go back to the true you. And once I just decided that, oh, yeah, that's me, Helena Margareta, and I said it straight out, and I felt so incredibly good. And I called up uh, my numerologist. Uh, she's been on the show, uh, Christine Delore. You remember her? She talked yes. about life cycles. And I checked with her, not that I needed to check with her because my feeling was already good, but I wanted to check with her anyway how she felt about it. And she emailed me back and said, oh, this is a wonderful name for you. This is just the one you are. Congratulations. (laughs) You know, I went on just raving about the numbers and everything for me. So here we go. I'm Helena Margareta. And I told the story to a very good old friend of mine from Ecuador, And she told me that she had gone through a similar experience, not quite the way I did it. But she's been married four times and been widowed four times, and she's been using the names from her past husbands. And she said she was going with a friend in Paris at some kind of expo and looking around, and a medium, a woman medium, came up to her and said, I want to read you. I want to have a message for you. And my friend said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And the medium said, this was a French woman again, said to her, oh, I do it for free. I just have to tell you something. And then this woman said, you know, you have to change your name. You have to go back to your father's name, not to those husband's names. And the the woman didn't know. The medium didn't know that she had been married several times. She didn't know anything about her. But she just said this, that you have to go back to your maiden name. So um, she did, and she feels happy about that, and that's the one she has been used to being. So our names matter, don't they? But did Absolutely. You went through something similar too, Daniel, didn't you? Yes, I did. You know, um, uh, people who've, who've listened to 
Uh, good morning from Sedona Talk Radio. No, my my dear friend and co-host for a while, Summer Bacon, and she channels an entity called Dr. James Martin Peebles. And Dr. Peebles was a, a real person who lived and so forth. And one day he said to me, and I and I think this was, gosh, maybe even a year ago, he said, when are you going to start using your real name? And I looked at him and I thought about it. My, you know, I, I grew up as, as uh, my real name is Daniel David Steef. And, you know, I've always kind of laughed because, you know, Daniel and David are certainly very biblical names, but I didn't come, I wasn't raised in a religious family. But what was interesting was, you know, I was I was Danny for so much of my life, and then I grew up to Dan, and then, you know, for the most part of my life, that's who I was. But I found when I started using Daniel, that energetically and, and even emotionally, it took me to a different place. It was like being a different person. So I think I think there are significant things that happen. Um, and and you know we're we're born with the name and all the associated numerology. I think it's important to not lose track of that because it it's kind of like uh, you you could lose track of who you really are. Yeah. And of course, when you get married, especially if you take on somebody else's name, um, I think you know that could be uh, an invitation to uh, uh, forget who you are. Yeah, and wow, it is. That was deep. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> And yeah. I know it. I've been married a few times too, and and it's always like the woman has to. In my case, I had to change country, and I had to change language, and I had to change culture and tradition. It wasn't that easy. And then you have this other the, the name that isn't really you. So, for me, the spirit said, "You go back to the true you." You know, of the way you used to play in the forest, and you know, be a child connected to nature, and and all that it was very important. So, um, uh, and now I'm talk about nature as we all know we have this tragic thing with the oil out in the Gulf of Mexico it's so sad what is happening and uh, I was at the post office here in Miami Beach and our post office is like going to a village (laughs) everyone knows everyone and everyone speaks to everyone and how people were saying how tragic this was. And someone said, well, have a storm coming soon. They said that on the radio today. And now that oil that's out somewhere is going to blow in on our shores because of the storm. And and it's so tragic. And more and more people just the last few days of the residents here have gone to, to go, well, they've gone to the beach and been in the water because God knows for how long this is going to last. Yeah. And uh, look at the pelican, those beautiful pelicans, the brown pelicans we have here, how they are such fun and they hang around the fishermen and they jump, they dive into the sea and, you know, and how happy and clean everything is. And that we have to lose that because of some people's greed that really goes to my heart and to my head. Well, and there was talk about, uh, I've heard on the news, of course, that's BP. Um, I, I think it was Shell or someone, um, and I apologize if that's not the right company, but it was definitely an oil company wanting to, to do some offshore drilling, I, I think up in, in the Alaskan arena or whatever. And, of course, my reaction was, what, are you kidding? Yeah. You know, I don't think so. Um, and I just can't imagine... The horrible damage it's doing, you know, to the ocean itself and all the, all the creatures that live in the sea, yeah. you not not to mention, you know, of course, the impact of it, it coming up on the shore, and uh, I don't but know. It's, it's, yeah, and it's more than you know. And and how do you judge it? Is it is it an accident or was it something that was just the result of, as you say, maybe greed? Yeah, that's what it actually, I think I heard that on television, they have actually proved, and I think even the oil company themselves said that, uh, that, well, we didn't know this was going to happen, the chance was so remote that it was going to happen. Well, you know, there are earthquakes out there in the, on the ocean floors, anything can happen. And do you know right. also, my belief is that our planet Earth is like a human body. It has sensitive spots here and there, you know, like the brain and so on. And 
those sensitive spots are on the human body are covered by hair more to protect that. And I believe that those sensitive spots on the planet are covered by the oceans. And you're not meant to go down there. You really are not meant to go down there and and explore from from this world. It's a different world down there. Well, and it's definitely unnatural, because when you think about it, I can't, uh, maybe you can, but I can't think of one instance where there was uh, an earthquake or a volcano or something that that caused uh, something like this to happen. In other words, like an oil spill. Um, you know, there's no reason that earthquakes couldn't open up a natural rift where oil could come out, but it's not happening. It's yeah. it's like no, this, you know. It uh, wasn't kept properly. That's what they have said. Yeah. It wasn't kept properly, and they did that to save money. <laughs> right. And uh, but it, do, it, do you see what I'm saying? Though is is um, nature hasn't done this. No, nature so hasn't done we're this. doing something nature. that's not not natural. Obviously, when they're when they're doing this drilling, and and of course it's for greed. Of course it is. Yeah. And the money is so incredibly big. So if they now br- just throw out 25 million here to, to some fishermen groups or something, what is that? You know, for them, it, it's uh, not much money. But no, I thought that was a joke, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, with all the big money they have coming in. But anyway, here and the title of of this uh, show today is: Are we tricked into believing what works and what doesn't work in our relationship with God and nature? So what is a myth and what is reality? And who is in charge? What can we do about it? And how can you tune in to the God energy all by yourself? Well, isn't that what we all are trying to do? And, you know, my meditations uh, are channeled. And, you know, it didn't hit me until very recently that I don't have manuscripts or anything. When we do the recordings for my CDs, I sit there and close my eyes, and we record it. And uh, once you do the recordings like this, it goes from the big heart of the universe into people's hearts in a different way. When you do it from a scripted manuscript, then it goes, and it's beautiful. The words are much nicer than mine, you know, but it goes to your head. It goes to your feelings, your, you know, the superficial feelings. And that's great, but you may then just have to make an extra effort to put in your own ability to go deeper into that God energy that we all have within us. Even have now my business card, uh, do I have one near me, that it says on the back of the business card, within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. And this is your higher self, the God flame within you, your higher potential. And when I say that to people, just like in the street, you know, or when I meet people somewhere, they listen and they just take a deep breath and say, ah, you know, and try to figure out what it's doing to them. And they say that afterwards too. It's, it's something very powerful with that. Do you meditate, uh, Daniel? Um, you know, it's one of those things I'm, I've been on again, off again, about it, and and I got I got a very clear message last night um, that you know I've I've been going through some physical things and some confusion and whatever, but uh, last night I was reminded that. Uh, you know, I need to meditate each week. I need to channel. I need to do something to release and connect with that, that I guess you, you're calling it God flame. And uh, very important, very, very important. Yeah. And uh, last night was really fascinating uh, because I was having a conversation with um, our very first talk show host on Sedona Talk Radio. Her name is uh, Beverly Hamilton. And she had a show she was doing called A Course in Miracles and Other Fun Things. And Beverly um, has just experienced the passing of her husband. Um, and I've mentioned him to you before. He he was actually yeah, born and raised that. in yeah. Sweden. And Alf, <laughs> what's interesting, he, he Alf passed right at midnight on his birthday. Um, oh, really? 
Yeah, and I and I don't think I've known anybody that's ever been that way. But each time I, <clears throat> you know, I think about him and tune into him in a in a spiritual way, I just get this huge, giant, smiling face. You know, yeah. he's so happy where he is. But uh, I, I know you had a question here. I I have drifted, but um, I just wanted to honor Ulf because. Um, even you know after people pass, uh, they have energy that they can share and give to you, and that energy can be very healing and, and helpful as you're struggling through trying to figure out you know what's what's going on and what's the shift that's happening in your life. Yeah, uh, you know I'm a medium uh, also, so I do connect a lot with people in spirit, and uh, I connect. Uh, where people sometimes have appointments with me just to connect with someone who is in spirit, and they're all very, very happy, you know. <laughs> and um, and and it was very interesting. One man who was struggling, you know, all his life just so he would have a good retirement, and uh, just the day before his his uh, he ended his work and he was going to retire, he died. He dropped dead. And the wife couldn't understand how could that happen, so I connected with him. And he said, this is my retirement. I didn't know he had this thing that he was looking forward to his retirement. But then when I connected with him, and knowingly about all these words he had said earlier in his life, I heard, oh, you know, this is my retirement. This is wonderful. I've been looking forward to this all my life. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of fun when you are uh, on the other side to say this. But people who kill themselves sometimes, they have had regrets. So anyone out there who's, who feels, oh, maybe I should kill myself. I don't know what to do with, about this problem. Don't, you know. Really don't. Because you see everything so much clearer from the other side. And you will think, what a waste that I did this. And uh, particularly in Sweden, they kill themselves in terrible ways. You know, they jump in front of trains and things like that, which you wouldn't think of probably in America. Uh, but uh, then they're really distraught afterwards. And they, when they come near me and I see them in front of me, I have to really put a lot of light around them and more and more and more, and then they are fine afterwards but they feel almost unworthy of the light after these situations. And uh, uh, so so they have been healed, but they had to be healed after they were dead. And also their problems had to be healed. So well, stay, hang in there, people, <laughs> if you have bad times. And sometimes, you know, I say that because many people email me and say they have this problem. Sorry, right. I wanted to... Finish. What, what, what did you want to say? Dan? No, I was just saying I, I'd be curious uh, since you do this work and you do it obviously in the United States because you live in Miami and and yet you you grew up in in Sweden and you spend lots of time in Europe. Is is it the same when you connect with someone who's in Europe versus maybe someone who's in the United States? I mean, I know they're all on the other side, but um, is, is there a difference that you sense? You know, no. I can sit in in uh, Europe and connect with spirit in you know someone who died in America, and it, it, I don't even notice the difference. Once you work this way, and I have a lot of clients in New Zealand and Australia, and uh, we uh, they call me up over the phone, and they all are amazed that you can actually talk like this to them. <laughs> this far distance and I can read them so well because you know and this is what the myth is out there that everything has to be so close up that someone has to touch you and many people really want to see me in person because they think it's working better and I say no it doesn't it's not the way it is in fact I feel many times it works better if if you are far away it's like horses. I walk, walk a lot with horses and several horse farms. And I couldn't be close to a horse. I couldn't work on that horse. I wouldn't be able to read him. But <clears> when the horse is far away, even across the world, you know, in another part of, of, of 
of the world or the planet, I can read that horse excellently from where I am. So location is, and even if you are in spirit, it it doesn't matter. And sometimes you cannot even see that people are in spirit because they come through so clearly. That's another thing that I find sometimes hard. Or is it dead? Or, or because uh, you know it doesn't seem that way. He seems so clear here, right? I see him right in front of me. That's, I say that a lot. And maybe for some people who are very mainstream, and I have a lot of mainstream clients, they find this a little odd. But nothing is odd. And the myth is here that we have to to uh, be so logical, you know, follow step one, step two, step three, right. you know, all yeah. these steps. That's not where it is. You can go directly to the source. And we spoke before the show now also about how I was together with some very fundamentalist um, uh, believers, uh, Christians, uh, how just a couple of days ago, and how they insisted, oh, you have to go to Jesus first before you can reach God. And I said, no, no, we all have a direct connection. This is a myth that you have to go to Jesus first. The old Romans invented that, uh, that you had to go to Jesus, you know, your God. The old Romans had, in the old days of Jesus' time, they had all those gods standing in all corners of the door openings, you know, everywhere. And they gave you the power that you needed. So when they came away from that belief and instead start to worship, you know, our God, the one that we all know who we believe is in heaven, uh, but is all around us and within us, uh, they just replace that with another God, you know, in an image, and they put Jesus there and, and, and his mother Mary, Maria, you know, there. So we had some, so they would have something to worship the same way they had always worshipped. Right. That's how it started. So. Well, well I, I feel no need, as we talked about. I mean, um, in, in fact, you know, it was interesting though, because if you can keep your mind open, you can get all these amazing messages. And there was a point in my life where, in this spiritual journey, that. The thought of connecting with Jesus was just frightening because, wow, you know, he's Jesus. And and I ended up uh, here in Sedona uh, talking with someone and actually listening to him sort of um, kind of like preach a little bit. But he referred to, to Jesus as his brother. And, uh, you know, they were sitting around the table and, you know, God was sitting at the head of the table kind of thing. But something about that relationship, that idea of, you know, brother, uh, just like eased all my concerns and thoughts. Now he was just, he was my brother, you know, I'm mean, no big deal, you know. Yeah. And so, good. of course, you don't have to go to your brother if you have to ask permission to talk to your father. So, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but you know, you, you get these messages from so many different ways if you're open to receiving them. Yeah, and you said exactly the clue here and the key to the whole program, you know, keep your mind open. Have an open mind, and that way you will get it coming to you. You know that's how you channel. Just be open, and, and let it flow. And again, we can never get into anyone else's belief and what they really believe in in their hearts. You can never, in any way, criticize that or in any way try to knock it because we are all where we are meant to be. And then you have to develop. But you have to do that on your own. So everyone is right. Whatever you believe out there, you are right. <laughs> is that so? I think so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's difficult sometimes um, for me to understand, at least in a, on a heart level, how you know there can be all this violence and murder and hate and you know terrorists and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I don't find myself... Um, hating this group of people that happens to be Muslim, for example, because they're Muslim. I, I, you know, I've never been that way. It's like people are people, and, you know, they may have different beliefs than us, but it doesn't mean inherently they're 
they're bad and evil because they're not a Christian. You know, I think of the Crusades, and I just think, what an amazing waste of people and life that was. Yeah. My goodness. And, uh, you know, sometimes if I say what you said right now, people misunderstand that, particularly in this country. And I say, no, we all program to believe a certain way from the day we were born. We have heard certain things, and we have been made to believe a certain thing or a certain way. And uh, so they are following the system or the programming. They have lived there for all their lives. They know nothing else. And uh, so they believe they're doing the right thing. They really, truly believe that they're doing the right thing in killing, you know, other people. And which well, is you know, it, it was interesting because one of the things, of course, is, you know, uh, having grown up in the 60s, you know, anti-war pro- protesters and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, I, I went into the, the service. I volunteered. Um, I, I volunteered into the Navy, which happily kept me out of going to Vietnam. But uh, so I'm like uh, anti-war but uh, some people can't get it. Anti-war doesn't mean anti-soldiers. You know, I honor the feelings that these soldiers have, you know, and, uh, and, and their belief in what they're doing. And I do believe in some cases, you know, there's really some, some benefit happening, you know, in, in freeing oppressed people. But at the same time, I'd much rather have it be a world where, you know, we just can't even consider that. It doesn't just doesn't come up, you know? So, uh, I have absolutely despised of the war in Iraq, and I was against it from the very, very start. But not for one moment have I criticized a, a soldier who's serving that. On the contrary, I have applauded them, all of them. And uh, even now in uh, Sweden, I have clients who've been in Afghanistan and serving, you know, working on the war there, helping the American ideas of, of getting to have more of a democratic system in, in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, good people. And I meet the soldiers here and I applaud them, you know. So, uh, it's, they live with a lot of terrible things after these, having been yeah. part of a war, which is, again, the war shouldn't have happened. And uh, I, I go back to this, too, and there wouldn't have been a war if, if Iraq would have been full of carrots and not oil. <laughs> and yeah. I'm convinced on that, you know. And the same thing, just like with the ocean floor, that they wouldn't have done what they did with the drilling in the ground, you know, and not securing it if people could see what they were doing. So, um, and I speak out about this, and I notice first people think I'm crazy when I say things, but then they start to agree that, yes, we. it seems lots of things are coming up in the open now. There is some kind of shift around. I don't know what it is. And I've seen it in Europe, I've seen it here, that even in, in the political world, that lots of corruption that has been hidden for generations before is now coming up in the open. So uh, it means we have to start to change our awareness what is going on and what is meant to be. And we really, really have to start to respect our nature more, you know, because... Uh, I don't know why. Again, I spent an hour at the post office sending off a lot of packages. And they have changed now their regulations. Before, you just had one, cop, top, uh, one copy uh, of, of a declaration for customs, just one sheet. Now they have made it like three, four copies of that. Why mm. do they start to waste more paper now? Yeah. And it takes more time for the post office uh, clerks to, to work at it, and uh, they wanted to save money. So I don't understand certain things, why they start to bring in bureaucracy <laughs> here and there. You know, that, what, is it for security reasons, or what is it? Uh, you got me, yeah. you know. And I think that's the difficult part. You know, uh, 
many of us we want we want change to occur instantly you know we want uh um Joe Smith to suddenly become this public figure and he says, you know, war is wrong and there won't be any more war and that's the end of it. Um, that's not going to happen, at least not not in my belief system, unfortunately, even though I'd like it to happen. But people, um, people sometimes it's, I, I'm struggling, but what it feels like to me, the shift that's been going on and continues to go on, I love this word. It's an unconcealing of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. things are now becoming much more visible, and and I think even though sometimes I know that you know, oh, buy this product because it's a green product. You know, it's supposed to be beneficial to our environment and all that. Yeah. You know, I I I kind of go, oh, geez, you know, it's just advertising baloney. You know, but yet. It, it it does indicate a change and an attention to the area of of our environment, which I think is wonderful. So it is. Yeah. E- even though there's a cynical part of me, the other part of me is going, "Yeah, right on," you know, "Hooray, hurrah." Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, amazing now about America too. America was very slow in coming in with this environmental stuff. Uh, also, during the previous administration, they didn't do anything about it enough at least what I saw but now suddenly we're coming up with all these green things and and green stuff and and green thinking and I must say that about America and and, uh, you're wonderful that way once you get going you know you do it all the way it was with with health food and jogging and everything else once you got started on that you are a great example (laughs) how one can do it and you do it well too so if I've been in a workshop now, I would say, applaud, clap hands, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to yeah. make us feel good. <laughs> yeah. I have a few uh, announcements, which I should have done in the beginning, and I totally forgot that. But I would like to direct myself to Norwegians right now. Hello, Norway. Hello, Norge. And um, I would like to say that we were going to make a workshop, one-week seminar or happening seminar in Sedona, in Arizona, and uh, we were going to do it this year, but it will be better if we do it next spring, uh, something like May next year. And you are all welcome, and I would love to hear from you. We have spoken about this a long time, and, you know, Daniel, they would love to come to Sedona and just see what's happening there, you know, with all the spiritual energies, with all the natural energies with, you know, the rocks and the secrets out there. So please, Norwegians, uh, if you are interested, or I know many of you are interested, just contact me through my website, speakingtoyourheart.com. And for Sweden, for Swedish listeners, and for Norwegians and Danes and Swedish-speaking Finns also, I have a new CD, uh, which is in Swedish, and it's beautiful. You know, I love it myself. Uh, I made first one recording of it, listened to it, and we had to take it uh, back to the studio and change a few technical things. And now I think it's beautifully smooth and directly connecting you to spirit. And it's called Anti-Stress Meditation. And for Nyad energy and new energy and harmony in your life. But it's good, and I have, uh, uh, of course, music with my spoken word. Very, very powerful. And I have the other CD, which is um, also that came out very recently, and it's called Finding Your Inner Light and Higher Potential. And I even mention on that CD, you know, on the first track, that this is a very powerful CD. Don't play it in the car, please. You have to be home (laughs) or somewhere where you are safe and not operating heavy machinery. So those things are going on again from my website, www.speakingtoyourheart.com. And I will be in Helsinki this coming weekend giving a workshop and and, uh, a lecture and um, 
I'll be around there for, 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 for a week or two. So contact me again for that, for more information. Daniel, we are back. You uh, are I want to go to Helsinki. <laughs> you, want, you know, I have had people who have asked me, what is Helsinki? You know, <laughs> they didn't even know it was the capital of Finland. And uh, what is Helsinki? And uh, they were interested because it sounds kind of fun uh, when you say it. Or others have asked, where is Helsinki? So they at least knew it was the city. It's, uh, it's a nice uh, capital on the, uh, on, the, on the bay of the Baltic, and that bay continues over to Russia. And Finland is about, I don't think they like that when I say, but it's halfway between Sweden and Russia. And they have lots of the Russian influence there because the Russians occupied Finland at one point. So you see that in the architecture, for instance, which makes it, you know, very interesting to look. It looks like Moscow or St. Petersburg at times. So, um, and so, but otherwise, the Finns have a very, very clean-cut eye for architecture and for style, as you know, with Finnish glass and Finnish fashion and all that. So I should be there soon well you're fortunate to be able to do that i uh i i was lucky enough to live in europe for a number of years but uh i i i'm kind of like um like a star trek movie or something in that uh you know honor the diversity and i love the diversity of the different cultures and people that i met while i was in europe and i just you know there's so many countries that i've never been to that I'd like to see, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm. Uh, it's about time. Yeah, you know, it's about uh, time. It's yeah. Not, so if uh, anybody's listening, uh, send your checks and donations to Daniel Steve <laughs> at SedonaTalkRadio.com, and I yeah. promise I'll do, I'll do a show from each country. You see, and that'd yes. be great. You know, where in the world yeah. is Daniel Steve? That well, that's a fun. good idea, isn't it? And Daniel's yeah, a nice yeah. man, people out there. So, uh, yeah. But there are ways uh, that one can travel, you know, as one of those private carriers, you know, for Federal Express or whatever. Some of those companies actually hire people uh, to carry themselves and personally certain very important pieces of mail and documents right. and so on. So, And I know many students who actually do that, that they – they ask for that particular job to travel around the world for these organizations with these important documents, and, and everything is paid for. Amazing. So, uh, yeah. so there, there are ways, you know. And I know uh, maybe that's not now anymore, but certain airlines also used to do this just to test certain things, so they hire people just to test fly. You know, not their own people, but other independent people to test fly certain routes and, and to, to report to them what is happening and how people are doing, you know, how the work is done and everything else. So that could also be a, a way of, of traveling. So, um, and then you can do standbys. Uh, many people travel that way for half the price. Prices right. are not going to get any cheaper, and particularly not with the, uh, what they're going to do with the oil prices soon, I think. But it's a time to travel. I don't know even if I get back now with the crisis that's going on and will happen again. And I'm not, I just feel that something's going to happen that will make it harder to travel uh, later this year. And I'm, this is not doomsday. It's just like you feel certain thin things in you. It's just what I'm saying. So now is the time well, you know, to begin. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, you know, one one of the issues too of being an American is most of us, and I, I shouldn't say us because I won't include myself in this group. But there's so many people that have never experienced another country, another culture, uh, even even just another geographic kind of of location. And I think about that, and I I think you know that's that's pretty sad. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, and, and I had a point. <laughs> yeah. I've lost it. Remember that energy we were talking about? <laughs> but um, if you want to travel, uh, that goes for all of you. 
And I hear this from so many. Oh, yes, I wish I could, even at the post office today, oh, you're going to Europe tomorrow. Oh, I wish I could go. And you can. You know, this is, again, that is a myth that don't limit yourself from the beginning that, oh, I have to have all that money to fly and to go anywhere. And I noticed this when I was young uh, and was a student. And, of course, money is always short when you go to college. And... uh, if I really, really wanted something, I would get it. And somehow it worked out. I never noticed the difference in the end. And if you think back of, about things, Daniel, or you out there, if there have been times when you really, really, really needed something, but you wanted it at the same time, you decided you wanted it from your heart, so you got it, did it make a difference to your life at all? I don't think Oh, sure. So. Yeah. It didn't. So well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying uh, when you get, when I've really said this is something I want in my life and made a real decision about it, then it seems like, uh, you know, some way to accomplish it shows up. Oh, exactly. And that is yeah. uh, what we could do, all of us, with certain things. And if you really, really want that success or that good health, it's not necessarily about money it's about success and good health or like getting a husband and i tell you my last husband i got that way i made a plan in my spiritual mind at the time how to condition myself how to program myself there were certain things i didn't understand to ask for that i could have asked for now i know better but you know you can actually program yourself to certain situations. How do you do that? Well, within you there is a place that knows all and sees all, and that is your inner light, your higher potential. You have to sit down and connect with that and now make points. What is it you really would like? I was widowed, you know, for the second time, and I was, you know, I liked marriage at the time. I thought, this is nice. I'd like to be married again. And I just sat there and kind of made bullet points what I would like in that man that I would like to be married to. And I wanted to have children, at least a child, you know, all that. But I was open for certain things. You know, I didn't say it has to be in a certain country. Uh, it didn't have to, he didn't have to be a certain age or anything. I could have done that. He ended up being much older than myself. But, you know, I programmed myself point one, point two, point three. Uh, and just got myself that physical uh, gain. That's not necessarily the way you program yourself to go into spirit, into spiritual matters or to reach spirit. Then it's a different programming. But to get that what you really are desiring out of your heart, you can program yourself to that. Start right now. So get your pen and pencil out. Make a list what you would like to have in your life. How about that, Daniel? I think like it's a great it? idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can uh, think of all those countries I'd like to go and visit and experience. Yeah, that, and make a list. Say, sure. well, flying to Rome, you know, and just feel that, oh, now how shall I get to Rome? And then see yourself walking in the streets of Rome and... Uh, Put yourself in, in, in the place, and then you go into store. How do you pay for whatever you want? Oh, you pull out a bunch of money, you know, cash, or a credit card, no limit, you know. You just do it that way. Uh, and uh, I, when I set my mind to these things, it works. But, you know, I don't always do that. <laughs> and and we all are human. We, we just want it in a quicker way somehow we want it uh, we, we actually program ourselves to not having it more you know uh, like the lady at the post office said oh I wish I could go to Europe but I don't think I ever can so she had programmed herself oh I can't go to Europe you know because right, I never can with my salary and so on and of course if you do it the usual way you have in your travel you know the regular way and stay at hotels, well, maybe that's a little expensive. 
But there are different ways. You can do this exchange of homes sometimes, or you can travel in many different ways. Start to watch, uh, you know, uh, start to watch the the TV guides, you know, about uh, travel. They have travel sections here and there, and uh, on the internet, there are ways. I'm amazed myself um, how many ways there are, and I haven't tried them, but I have tried. I have traveled so much now in the world, but now, of course, I speak wherever I go, uh, and that pays, of course, for, for more than the trip. But maybe the ones out there who are talented can do something like this, make an appearance. If you're not going to get paid for it, maybe they can pay for your trip and for your accommodation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and get in touch with those people uh, out there, you know, people have a tendency to believe that once you come from a different country, you know more. In America, they think that you know more because you come from Europe. In Europe, they think you're better because you come from America with certain knowledge. Right. And and all people, of course, think that if you're in Sedona, you're you're a spiritual guru. You see. <laughs> that's guys. right that's yeah. right and um, but Sedona has some kind of spiritual attraction though, oh it does it? it definitely does and people recognize it it's it's a unique place so that's why I, I'd love to see you bring a group of people here um, you know in May is a, a good time of the year that's for sure yeah but, uh, I love May I, wa- I want to can I change the topic for a second and ask you a yeah. question um, I'm sure you're aware of all the hoorah that's going on right now about some of the immigration laws that, that are proposed or put in place in, in Arizona, you know, all about the borders and everything. And I, I just was wondering, because you, like you said, you've traveled all over everywhere. Um, do other countries, like in Europe, do they have problems where people are going across the borders? Yes. Or is it somehow managed differently than than we we do? Uh, I would say we have immigration situations in most countries uh, Uh in the world, if they're good countries. And Sweden has uh, had this a lot, uh, particularly now it's hard to take a cab in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, and get the regular Swede. You get someone from Iraq. and they speak, and they have tried hard, and they speak Swedish now, and or at least they speak English. So this is how I have picked up on so much information from these countries, because I speak to the cab drivers, and they always love, the cab drivers love to speak to me, because the regular Swedes don't do that, at least they tell right. me so. And uh, it is a problem, uh, because... Uh, one country is minding its own business, so to speak, uh, and you are set up for your expenses and for providing jobs for your people. So when you suddenly get a group of people who need to have jobs and they need the money because otherwise they would live in the streets or whatever, uh, you run into situations. And I think that... Um, and I'm not against anyone now. So if anyone is an immigrant in Sweden and listening to this, I'm not saying anything against that. What I'm saying uh, is that it puts a burden on the country because the people who lived there before are the ones paying for, you know, they're paying through taxes. And when you have immigration and they don't pay the taxes, it puts the country out of balance. So... Um, and I don't think in the rest of the world they know what is happening in, in Arizona with the laws. And uh, I am myself an immigrant. Um, I'm a legal citizen now. <laughs> I was a legal immigrant always. So I haven't gone through that hassle, you know, what many people have to go through. But it's tragic. And I talked to a Cuban today also. He said that, Situation: The situation in Cuba is very bad right now, and people don't have enough food. They don't even have rice, you know, which is one of the basic foods out of the Caribbean. And uh, he said people have to leave just for a better lifestyle. So people do 
you know, they don't leave a country, basically. You wouldn't leave, leave America uh, when you're happy here. For another country, you leave when you, you really need to leave, right. don't you? To, because you have a life that is terrible somewhere else, either politically or financially or whatever it is. So we should make it an understanding to receive them. But then, you know... It's very hard. You cannot say yes to both now, and people will say, well, you're just coward. But you cannot say no to one side either because then uh, you get upset with some people. So um, yeah, I'm feeling for It's a for difficult them. issue. It, it really is. And I just, uh, I was just curious because, again, and again, of course, if you're a tourist or whatever and you're traveling in Europe, you're obviously going to go through the, the customs procedures, which somehow, you know, in my mind, made it like, you know, there were there were <laughs> some kind of physical borders between the countries, you know. And then, as I thought don't. about it, I thought, well, why? I can't imagine that, you know. But maybe there is. So that's why I was curious to ask you. Yeah, in a way, sometimes I feel so much like a world citizen. I think all this stuff about controlling countries, small areas of certain parts of the world. It's, what is this for? We're all people, you know. And yeah. if some people, if there are enough jobs, you know, for everyone, I wouldn't have minded that much, you know. And I feel people should pay taxes, you know. If they're here using the country, they should pay for the roads. But they wanted to say that, oh, illegal the citizens cannot get driver's licenses. Well, we have a danger on the road then if they're not trained to drive cars, you know, because they will drive cars anyway, one way or the other, and they should know the rules. It's it's very, very hard, but what uh, for my listeners out in Europe or other parts of the world, what Arizona did, they started to impose a law uh, that a policeman could ask a uh, someone who looked foreign for his ID and for me it's not being a, a legal immigrant when you get that green card it says you have to carry this card with you at all times and you have to show this any time that was part of the deal coming here legally so right. I don't see that this is uh, that bad but I don't think they should go and stop people in the street because they look Latin or Mexican as they well, show me your ID. Issue. That's the big yeah. issue, right? I think that would be and I mean, terrible, terrible. Not right. yeah. No. Yeah. Because uh, it's no different from the, doing the same thing that was done with the blacks many years ago yeah. and probably still in, going on as well. It, yeah. it's, again, it's that, it's that thing where um, let's get rid of war Let's have people begin to believe we're all as one. I, I like the idea of a united world where, you know, uh, we have so much wealth in so many different ways. It's horrible to think that the children are starving and, and people are having to turn to crime because they can't, you know, get a get a job or, or yeah. you know what I mean? It's, no, it's uh, true. Yeah. We should really, as human beings, be more of the oneness. And this is what I feel. I feel so one uh, part of the country. And I remember once when I came into the country and I had my green card, and the the officer there asked me, why have you not become an American citizen yet? And I looked at him in amazement, and I said, oh, I forgot, you know, I feel so much part of the system. I'm paying taxes, you know. I'm here, I'm doing charity work. I forgot I was not a citizen, you know, because I'm a legal resident. And that right. was so much the same thing. So, um, but then they started to make it very hard now. And, and I have people here who have been legal residents, uh, you know, not citizens. They lived there for 50 years. Right. And now they find it stupid to go and apply for for citizenship from some kid, American kid who's <laughs> who is twenty year old or thirty years old, and, and uh, just kind of say, "Oh, I need to be part of your system now." When you have been there for so long, you know. So basically, it. Um, how shall I end this to make it a logical thing? 
But what they do, that they single out people in the street and say, show me your ID, that I do not like. Because no. that is that is uh, what Hitler did and uh, to, to people, you know. And that's what happened during the war, World War II, when you have to show ID everywhere who you were, so you were not a spy and whatever you could be. It, it puts too much of control. Uh, so I feel people who protest against this are right. But then I see the other side of it also. We have to find a way for everyone's sake in all countries, not only in, in America and in Arizona, but in all countries. And I know immigration in Sweden was extremely costly for the system. And I think that was caused Sweden go to, to get into such bad uh, fun, get into such a bad financial crisis because of the heavy immigration. So, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. I, I'm observing uh, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I uh, am leaving now. Um, I'm leaving Miami now uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to Switzerland directly, and I'm going to Northern Europe directly after that. I would be available in Northern Europe, but as I think I told uh, several of you already my newsletter that I'm going to be busy writing on my new book. That's just the kind of urge I have. And anyone who has any kind of interesting spiritual story, email it to me. I've heard so many through the years, you know, in the workshops, how you've been sharing wonderful stories with me. I love to have them. And uh, it's not that I'm going to base uh, uh, my uh, book on that at all, but I would like to include samples from people. I have many samples myself, but I like other people's samples also. Have you had any exciting story, Daniel, you would like to yes, share, yes. maybe? Yes, I have many. <laughs> so maybe you can email me something, many. and i put your name down if you want. You know, this is from Daniel in Sedona, and, and how you would like to share a story with us. Sure, I'd be There's some amazing stories that come up. But once you hear these stories from people, you realize that we are not here by chance at all. What you say, it was not an accident that you were born. It's, it's a program. And someone told me also, you know, I talk to people a lot, and, and someone said, but everyone's life is pre-programmed, you know. So when you were born, immediately you're given the date when you're going to die. I do not quite like that because I feel that we will have a chance somewhere along that line to change and to challenge that, and to maybe continue a little bit longer. Right. Free choice. Yeah, I really... What do you feel on that? Uh, do you feel that is the case? Yeah, I don't think our lives are predestined. I think that part of our learning process is to uh, go through these experiences, and, uh, you know, and, and through that we, we gain knowledge and wisdom, we hope, and... Uh, and life experience, and I, I just don't, uh, I don't think it's programmed. Um, do I believe, though, for example, that when I was very close to passing away about a year ago, that uh, there was spiritual help that got applied? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really believe that, too. And in your yeah. case, it was a remarkable recovery that you had, and uh, that we all have the choice to receive, and you have made it your choice to receive, you know, the helpers uh, coming into your uh, spiritual field and lifting you up there in the in physical, in a better physical condition. So I thought that was wonderful. And I've been there myself, so I'm absolutely a believer in that, that we have uh, the, the choice in moving on and, and we have a choice all the time. And uh, this is, uh, you know, how we can get out of all these um, program programmings that we have been put into, you know, all the situations that others put us into. We do not need to follow all that, what is so-called human uh, superior leader tells us to do. There is another leadership, and that is of the higher 
spheres. You know, that's what you call God or spirit or universe or whatever. I truly believe in such a power. And that is the power that we should program ourselves to be in connection, or to be connected to. you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And what fun it's been to spend this hour with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's uh, 4 o'clock already (laughs) here. It's uh, on the hour, and uh, I'm on Miami time, and you out there would be uh, on whatever time you are on. But thank you so very much, Daniel. Uh, I know the show is over, but it was fun for me to have you, uh, to be together with you a little bit like this. I hope we meet again. Well, I hope maybe one day we can meet up in Sweden or Helsinki or someplace. Yeah, go hiking up in the Swedish mountains, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. All right. Lots of mosquitoes. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank you so very much. And thank you, Daniel, for being my guest today. And thank you, world, for being with me today. And you can reach me again through my website, www.speakingtoyourheart.com. If you would like my free newsletter, also go to my website and fill in the form. And again, my books are available through Amazon.com. Just punch in my name, Helena Margareta. Sorry, it's Helena Steiner Hornstein. That's still the title or the author for my books. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye.